So, his name is Danny McCaskill. He's an unlikely YouTube star. He's shy. He's a former bike mechanic from um, the Isle of Skye in Scotland. He released that video, The Ridge, 10 days ago. And um, obviously it shows him doing tricks on his trials bike on the seven-mile-long knife edge that is the Coolin mountain range in the Isle of Skye. And in 10 days, that video has received more than 15 million views. And perhaps you can understand why. The uh, courage is breathtaking. The skills are extraordinary. The scenery is awesome. But for me uh, personally, there's another layer of um, actually quite dark fascination with that video because 21 years ago, almost exactly, uh, my godfather, my uncle Michael, slipped on the Kulin mountain range, on those mountains, and died. And in the very same week, uh, I think I came quite close to dying, a kind of major trouble, on those mountains. They're magnetic rock. You can't use a compass. When the clouds come down, the visibility obviously reduces to zero. And in that same week that my godfather died on those mountains, and I think I came close, I proposed to Sammy in the Isle of Skye. And she said no. And then about a minute and a half later, she said yes. I'm very glad. She said no because she, she hadn't expected it. I always assumed that basically when a man proposes to a woman, it's kind of a set-up job. The woman has been engineering the whole thing from the start. But um, she always thought that I would buy a boat before I would propose to her, so she was completely taken unawares. Still working on the boat. The Kulin Mountain Range means something to me. Those mountains are a place of death and sadness. I loved my Uncle Michael. But they're also a place of life and happiness. And we are thinking today about matters of life and death as we prepare to baptize people. See, baptism isn't just a sort of quaint religious symbol. As Julia Thomas just said, there is tremendous power to vows that are spoken out, acted out. Baptism marks a profound shift from death to life. That's exactly what the Apostle Paul says in Romans chapter 6. He says, We were buried with Christ through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Baptism is about life and death. And so as we lower people into the water, they are identifying with the cross of Jesus and the burial of Jesus. And we use this phrase, don't we, about he, he died for our sins. And we're saying that somehow he took upon himself the, the chronic sickness of sin. 
just like Ebola, you, you, it's contagious. You get with someone, you can catch it. He came and he caught it, but somehow in the process, he sucked the sickness out of us. And then realizing his body was so infected, he buried it in the ground, like we do with nuclear waste, remove it. And so as people go down into the water, they are going down with their sin and their sickness and the stuff that makes them dirty. And we just heard about that in the testimonies. Chris talking about his wrestle with guilt as he grew up and how it was as he got filled with the Holy Spirit that he experienced the first time just that sense of freedom from shame. But the good news is we don't leave them in the water down there. We bring them up out of the water. And we do that because Jesus was resurrected, and it's an act of identification with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so the very life of life, the very life of the Creator, the very life that overcame death, comes into our bodies, and we leave the bad stuff behind, and we set out anew and clean and fresh with Jesus. Life to the full. It is the next great step in the adventure of faith. And so I want us to look together at um, the story of Jesus himself getting baptized, which comes in Matthew chapter 3, if you want to look that. Oh, it's on the screen. It's great. Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to read verses 13 to 17. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptized by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptized by you. Do you come to me? And Jesus replied, Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. And then John consented. And as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lightning, lighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Jesus got baptized. That's the first thing I want you to notice. Jesus got baptized. He had been dedicated at uh, 40 days, just over a month, in the temple. And uh, now, at the age of 30, he chooses to get baptized. Uh, some of those who are getting baptized today were effectively dedicated as babies. It was a wonderful thing to do. Uh, but today is the fulfillment of that dedication in the waters of baptism. There's no reference at all in Scripture to baptism as anything other than immersion. It doesn't mean that's the only way of doing it, but there's probably a good steer there. And Jesus got baptized as an adult because free will has to be involved. And uh, it, 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 he was perfect. So this was not, as it were, him you know, getting forgiven. This was an expression of the beginning of his ministry and of his uh, commitment to righteousness. And so if we are going to be followers of Jesus, then at some stage as we follow in his footsteps, those footsteps will lead us to the River Jordan. They'll lead us to the waters of uh, baptism. And... Um, 
For Christ, as you probably know, this moment, the baptism, is the beginning of his ministry. Up to now, he's been a carpenter, he's been very low profile, he's been kind of anonymous, and he's about to begin three years that will change the world so profoundly that we're here now, that the whole world has been shaped and shaken ever since. It begins at this moment. And what is that ministry that's about to begin? Well, he's going to preach the kingdom of heaven. He's going to preach the gospel. He's going to heal the sick. He's going to forgive those uh, who are broken. And he's going to gather around him uh, 12 people. Why? Because there were 12 tribes of Israel, and this is the beginning of the new Israel. Each of them represents one of the new tribes. And then uh, he is going to die. As you know, he's going to rise again three days later, and he is going to say to his disciples, now you need to go into all the world, and you need to make disciples, just as I've made disciples. You need to teach them to obey everything I've commanded, and you need to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they made a pretty good start of it because uh, they had a season of 24-7 prayer and then the Holy Spirit came to the prayer room. The church was born on the day of Pentecost and they baptized 3,000 people. In fact, when Peter preached the gospel, teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, they were smitten and they said, what must we do to be saved? And Jesus said, repent and be baptized. And it's as simple as that. The Bible says, repent and be baptized. It's a 2,000-year theme. This is as orthodox as Christianity can be. Repent and be baptized. And uh, so they were, 3,000 of them, and the church was born. The beginning of a great adventure. I love the um, quote from Winnie the Pooh. He sees Christopher Robin putting on his welly boots one day, and he says, As soon as I saw you, I knew an adventure was going to happen. There's something of that in the Lord Jesus. When you really see him, you know an adventure is going to happen. When I see people getting baptized, I know This marks the beginning of an adventure. Julia said that someone had spoken to her about stepping into a new land. And Jesus, that adventure for Jesus meant going straight from the waters of baptism into the wilderness for 40 days without eating, tempted, wrestling with the devil. Sometimes the adventure is difficult and tough. There is going to be hard times for those getting baptized. This does not, just because they're rising again with the resurrection life, it doesn't mean that everything's going to be easy from now on. For Jesus, it was the wilderness. For them, there will be challenges. It takes discipline to be a disciple. See, if I took my bike up the Kulin mountain range... (laughs) Inspired by that video, it would not be pretty. The adventure takes more than just feelings. It takes discipline, trial, challenge. Danny McCaskill himself has been training for 17 years to do those tricks. He has got two broken wrists, three broken collarbones. Actually, um, he had an operation on the left knee, torn his ankle ligaments, dislocated his fingers, 
uh, and an operation on his spine. <laughs> Some of you think I'm not surprised. It, it, hey, it's tough to adventure, to truly adventure. It takes discipline to be a disciple. The great world-changing mission begins with testing in the wilderness. But an adventure it is. Friedrich Nietzsche famously said, the essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be a long obedience in the same direction. There thereby results, he said, and has always resulted in the long run, something which has made life worth living. A long obedience in the same direction. Discipline, perseverance, training, adventure. So the first point is that Jesus himself got baptized, and so will we, and that will be the beginning of new adventures. The second point is that we see in this story that the Spirit of God comes down as a dove and rests upon Jesus. Baptism is a time of new infilling with the Holy Spirit. James, in his story just then, said that when he was filled with the Holy Spirit on the Alpha Course. He said, my life completely changed. This is a time for each of those getting baptized when they will be filled with the Spirit in new ways. God's presence will be with you and in you. There will be new power and new purity. Such a comfort. This week, I had to make quite a, a big decision about something. And it felt risky, and it felt scary. And it felt like a step into uncertainty. And I made the decision. And then the very next day, I re- extraordinarily received a prophetic word from somebody. They'd actually, they didn't know nothing about any of this. They'd actually received the word... Um, an hour before I made the decision, we, we now realize. And the word was so specifically, so supernaturally, exactly speaking into the decision I'd made. Now, I've still got uncertainty. I still don't quite know how it's all going to pan out. But this I do know. God's spoken. God's with me. He's never let me down. And he's not going to start now. I love that we've just had someone who's been a Christian for three or four months, Annie, and someone who's been a Christian for a few more months in Maureen. Jesus is faithful, and you may not have all the answers as you take your bike up the Kulin mountain range, as you step into the wilderness, as the adventure begins, but you have his spirit. You have his presence. It's going to be okay. Thirdly and finally, we see the Trinity in this beautiful story. Jesus getting baptized, the Spirit coming down, and then the Father speaks from heaven and says these beautiful words, This is my Son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. And I love that because at this point, Jesus hasn't begun his ministry. (laughs) He hasn't done anything yet. And the Father's going... Good job, son. 
We tend to think, and James's story touched on this, we tend to think that if we can just tick off all the right boxes and somehow impress people and impress God, then he'll go, good job, I love you. But actually what this story says is that the Father loves and approves of you before you've achieved anything. His love is unconditional. His affection and affirmation are simply anchored in the fact that he likes you and not the fact of what you have or haven't achieved. Our world is so hungry for this kind of Love. This is why the gospel is such good news. This is why 24 million people have done Alpha. This is why whenever people are courageous with the gospel, it spreads. Do you know what? Some people think the gospel doesn't work anymore. They're wrong. It's courage that is lacking because when people actually share the good news of Jesus, of course not everyone is interested, but it's amazing how many people do because why wouldn't you want to know that your life is not an accident, that you were created with a purpose, that there is a God. You always had a hunch there probably had to be. And that that God isn't bad and he's not indifferent, but he likes you and he loves you and he's on your side. Why wouldn't you want to believe that all that stuff you are so deeply ashamed of at two in the morning, the stuff that makes you feel embarrassed to be in your own skin at times because the way you think and the way you behave, why wouldn't you want to know that the whiteboard with all that filth written on it could be wiped clean before anyone comes into the classroom and sees what's on it? Why wouldn't you want to be forgiven? Why wouldn't you want a fresh start? Why wouldn't you want a relationship with God, the kind of good news that we've just heard. Why wouldn't you want that stuff? The gospel works. And the heart of it is there's a God, a Father in heaven, who loves you. Madonna has sold 300 million records. She's had more number one hits than anyone else. And she said once in an interview, the original impetus for all this, if you really want to know, is the desire to be loved. That longing to know you're loved unconditionally. Danny McCaskill, in one of his interviews, says, I actually only started riding my bike because I found I could impress girls. (laughs) And now he's doing that, and there wasn't a girl in sight. Stephen Fry said this, reflecting on his own depression and suicide attempt last year. I get invitation cards through the post almost every day. I'll be in the Royal Box at Wimbledon. I have serious and generous offers from friends asking me to join them in the south of France, Italy, Sicily, South Africa, British Columbia, and America this summer. I have two months to start a book before I go off to Broadway for a run of Twelfth Night there. What right do I have to be lonely, unhappy, or forlorn? But in the end, loneliness is the most terrible and contradictory of my problems. I got everything, and I'm lonely. Charlie Maxey talked about that last week. Someone who got to the top and realized there was nothing there. Our world is looking for love. This generation has been um, christened the FOMO generation, the fear of missing out generation. For those listening, there's a slightly inappropriate cartoon behind me. A woman in her lingerie, a man at the door looking in his tie, and he says, not tonight, darling, I've got to check my emails. 
the fear of missing out, the fear that the best is somewhere else. We are connected and befriended as never before, yet isolated. Oscar Wilde said, to live is the rarest thing in the world. Most people just exist. That loneliness that Stephen Fry talks about, that craving to be loved that Madonna describes, that fear of missing out is frankly such a contrast to the testimonies that we have just heard brimming over with life and with hope and with joy and with purpose. Luke talking about being healed of his allergies. I just love that. Actually, I talked to his mum, Catherine, and she said when, when she saw him biting into this apple, which normally makes his whole throat swell up, she, she, she was like, don't do that, you know. But he had faith. I think I've been healed. And he had been. And he, he, he's not had any recurrence since. And, and uh, we actually, he wanted to get baptized today. We said, Luke, why don't you just wait till you've got a few hormones uh, pumping around your system, and if you still want to, we'll baptize you then. And so he's like, okay then. And I, I, I'll put money on it. We just don't want him in later life to say, oh, I was just a kid. I didn't understand what I was doing. You know? But he, but he said, can I, can I at least do a testimony? Because I've had a picture of me standing at the front telling everyone. So he said, yeah, you can do a testimony. Of course you can. Brilliant. Pray for him. And, and, and wasn't Annie's story amazing? You know, she, just coming... From really no church contact at all in quite a short period of time, really meeting Jesus and now wanting to get baptized. I hope you'll go a little bit crazy when she comes out of the water. James talking about eternal life and water skiing, a rule book to a relationship. Julia talking about stepping into that new land and this thing of an ever-increasing depth in her relationship with God. Chris talking about forgiveness sweeping away every anxiety. Maureen, who ever since her Sunday school teacher didn't see her hand go up, has been walking with Jesus and now is saying, I want to absolutely do this because the Bible says, repent and be baptized, and that's me. If any of this even half interests you, and you're not uh, sure if you're a Christian, you're not sure what you do or don't believe, you really should come on Alpha. Honestly, um, it's nice food in a pleasant environment, talking about things that really matter, that you, you know, no one's going to Bible bash you. Some people do Alpha. They, at the end, they don't become Christians necessarily. That's absolutely fine. Anyone can ask any questions they want. Uh, it starts this Tuesday. And uh, just come once, see if it's for you. If you've got a friend who might even be half interested. I know many of you already invited friends, and some are coming. It's wonderful. Just this is such a great opportunity. Why wouldn't everyone once in a while think, what if it's true? They think about dying. They think about their sins. They feel lonely. Why wouldn't they? And now I just want to finish by speaking to those five who are about to get baptized.
May today mark the beginning of an adventure, every bit as challenging, exciting, and beautiful as that bike ride on the Kulin Mountains. And above all, may you enter into a deeper experience of the love of the Father, saying to each one of you, you're my son, Chris. You're my son, James. You're my daughter, Annie. You're my daughter, Maureen. You're my daughter, Julia. May you know the love of the Father as never before. And may you know the presence and purpose of Jesus in new ways in your life. May he bring you on new adventures from this day forward. May you step into the calling that he has for your life in new ways. And may you know the power of the Holy Spirit filling you and inspiring you. Amen.